You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin here today calling in the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors, and to mine. I call out to all of those people who have been here before, who lived well, who died well, and are ready to bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to bear for us here, the living, as this living legacy, this legacy of rich wisdom and guidance to help us do a better job meeting the challenges of our own time. We call out to these ancestors that can help us by remembering and sharing that memory with us, that understanding of the ramifications of our choices and actions in the world, that these ancestors can help us not make the same mistakes, can help us to learn from their lives and what they perceive of as their mistakes and do it differently in our own time. And I call out to these ancestors to help us to remember that our time here as the living is short poised here as we are between the dead and those who are coming and we ask the ancestors to help us to do what we need to do now so that it is made manifest in time for us to enjoy it ourselves but so that it is there also for those who are coming so we call out to these ancestors to gather around us here today and to join us to help us do what we have been born to do And we call out to those non-human ancestors, those energies that were here on this beautiful planet long before anyone ever thought of a human. We call out to these ever more ancient ancestors, and we ask these spirits of nature to help us to remember our own true nature. Help us to remember we don't need to make it so complicated, that we don't need to get so emotionally tied in knots, and that we don't need to make mountains out of molehills that we can simply remember what is essential, what is aligned with the true passion in our heart, what matters for all life, and turn our energy, our creativity, our innovation, and our love towards these things, and to let our lives simplify in a way that is good for all living things. So I call out to the spirits of nature to help us in this learning. And as these ancestral energies are gathering around us, let us gather our own energy, drawing it from wherever it is into our mind, and from our mind down into our heart, and from our heart down into our belly. And let us extend down, extending our energy down to touch the earth, and to take a moment in our day to stop everything. Stop multitasking, stop texting and tweeting and all the many things we're doing all at the same time. And to simply touch the earth and to give thanks. Thanks for this day. Thanks for your life. Thanks for the wonder and the beauty around you, the great diversity of life, and all of the many experiences that have been and will be that will allow you through your engagement 
with those experiences in life to become the man or the woman that you were born to be. We give great gratitude for the amazing creative journey here on the face of this planet. And with gratitude overflowing in our hearts, we let our energy flow down through all the layers of the earth, letting the gratitude pour out, giving thanks as we go until we reach the very center of the earth. And in the center of the earth, let us ground our energy firmly and to connect into the rejuvenating energy that is at the center of the earth, that energy that is silent, still, dark, Connect into that energy that is that which is here before there is form, that which rejuvenates and revitalizes all that becomes abundance. We connect into this energy that refreshes and renews and draw this energy up, up through all the layers of the earth, drawing it up just like your hands dipping into nice fresh pool of water coming up through a fresh spring on a mountaintop. And we draw this energy up into our body, letting it refresh and restore and renew and revitalize ourselves, our belly and our heart and our mind. And we draw this energy up into our body so that we are ever better able to ground ourselves here in our bodies and in our lives so that we are able to connect and to know why are we here? What do I stand for? What matters to me in my life? And to build our sense of home and belonging around that. And to do it in a way that is not attached to a particular structure or even a particular nation, but is attached to what has heart and meaning in our life. And that we do this in a way that is open for those who are other than we are. That we might be inspired by them to challenge ourselves to become ever more fully who we truly became here to be. And with the energies of the earth, let us reach out to understand how we connect with each other, how we connect with our environment, how we connect with the invisible world and all of these energies. And as we learn about connection and interconnectedness and the interrelatedness of things, may we connect into that great web of life and have a moment in each day of feeling the oneness and draw from that oneness our sense of right relationship with ourselves and right relationship with all things. So let's draw this energy of the earth up then, up through our body, out through the top of our heads, out into the sky and whatever weather it holds for you today, out through the atmosphere and all the way up and out into the cosmos and up there with all the heavenly bodies and the great wonders and mysteries of our universe let your energy reach all the way until it reaches the highest power of the universe by whatever way you know or conceive of that energy to connect with that energy and begin to draw it down draw it down through all the layers of the sky draw down this essence energy of blessing drawing it into yourself into your day into these proceedings drawing down the energy of protection into your life into this moment drawing down devotion and commitment and the benevolence of this universe drawing down all the wisdom of the cosmos and drawing down the great beneficent nature of this existence and the illumination and inspiration that comes from these radiant energies these energies in our life that are manifest in the sun and the moon and the stars but we call these radiant energies into our life drawing them down into our head into our heart, into our belly, and sending it all the way down 
to the center of the earth. And in this way, we connect these two great energies above and below heaven and earth. We connect these two great energies through our very being that we are this meeting place. We are this conduit, this center channel of life. And we ask these two great legendary lovers who connect in this way in each human, if we simply allow it, we, allow, we ask that big love to awaken the spirit of our own hearts. And may our hearts awaken to our true reason for being here. And to find this, may this crucible energy that is in the heart draw up the fiery passions of the belly and draw down the crystal clarity of the mind. Draw these energies into the heart where they can dance with each other. Create a living dynamic tension with each other. And out of that energy, out of that tension that inspires creativity, may we come to know why we are here. May we remember, perhaps, why we are here, or simply sense those things that make our heart truly sing. And may we find in that very same heart the strong and profound energy of human courage. And may you use your courage to do something in this day, large or small, to bring your gifts to the world. And so with these energies called in to ourselves, we reach out and feel the energies gathering around us, and we give gratitude for the spirit support that is all around us. May what needs to be said be said here today, what needs to be heard be heard, and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I also want to give thanks to the humans, the humans that helped to make this show possible. Yeah, it's mostly always me here talking to you, but I would not have this platform to do so and to then post these things out in the world where people all over the world can access them for free if it weren't for people like you, if it weren't for the listeners who feel moved in the heart one way or another and donate to the show. And so I give thanks to William and Valerie, to Malama, John, Melissa, Anne, Mary, and Jose. I give thanks to you for donating financially. Is this show, Why Shamanism Now, is listener-supported. And if it were not for listener support, the show would not be continuing. And so I give great gratitude to those of you who go to Why Shamanism Now, click on the support button, and donate any amount, large or small. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air and paying the bills that are necessary to do that. So I'm very, very grateful for those of you who are able to help me in that way and help each other in that way because I am often receiving emails from people who are giving thanks to you for being willing to donate financially because they are not able but that the shows themselves, the content in the shows are helping them to change their lives so that someday they will be able to donate to something else. And either way, with or without money, every single one of us is able to donate something to help the show to grow stronger. One way is to do the things that we talk about on the show. Bring it into the world. Bring it into your life. Bring it into your journey circles. See what happens. See how your life can change. See how you can change the lives of others. And the other way, of course, is all of this wonder of our electronic world, of sharing, of post reposting, sharing your comments, and communicating with others about it. So in all these many ways that you help me to keep the show growing, to keep it relevant, to keep it valuable, I give thanks. I would not be able to do this without you, and I'm deeply grateful. 
So if you want to comment or ask questions about today's show, we are live and you can call in at 512-772-1938 or you can Skype in from co-creatornetwork.com or email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And if you are downloading the shows and asking questions, make sure you tell me what show you're referencing. And when you post on the show's Facebook page, mention the show you're referencing because we don't always know exactly what you're talking about and we would like to communicate with you. So today we're talking about the elemental heart. And this show, for those of you who are regular listeners, this show connects somewhat to four shows done last year, I think, about the elements, about working with the elements. And we were looking at working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, which are the four elements in the shamanic cosmology that I work in, um, and how we could bring those into our lives as um, medicine to help us to balance ourselves in many different in the many different ways that humans creatively get out of balance. And so this show sort of relates to those four shows. There are many shamanic cultures in the world that are not four element systems. Many are five element systems. And Chinese medicine, for example, comes out of the five element system of ever more ancient China that was part of the um, shamanic traditions of China. And so just because I'm talking about a four element system doesn't mean I, I don't encourage you to explore this idea about purifying your heart with the elements if you happen to practice in a five element system because a lot of Asia and Africa, which is a really big part of the world with a lot of people, um, practice their shamanic um, cosmologies through five element systems. And so it doesn't really matter whether it's five elements or four elements. The idea that I am wanting to express here today is that the elements themselves, because they are elemental, help us to simplify our lives in a way that still connects us to what is really going on versus the human ways we choose to simplify our issues in life, which often result in a spiritual bypass, that we dumb things down to try to simplify them. And in so doing, we actually avoid the real issue. We may pacify ourselves. We may clear something for the moment, but the pattern is left untouched and we find ourselves back again. And so the idea for me, one of the, one of the most valuable thing shamanism has brought into my life is in learning from the elements how to work with the elements in this way I've come to realize that they are always a simplifying force and that humans have a huge tendency to simply make things more complicated than they need to be to the extent that we can't get ourselves out in a good way that the original problem starts to breed problems and we become we begin suffering over our suffering so the idea i want to connect the elements to is an idea that is found in traditional initiatory uh, shamanic initiatory experiences not the initiation of childhood into adulthood but the actual initiation by spirit of shamans and this is these initiations are usually spontaneous initiations, um, but not, not always. So in other words, I'm not talking about 
the the initiatory forms that humans who are practicing as shamans may bring their students through. I'm talking about the spontaneous events that occur and have occurred for eons with humans and the spirit world. So at the core of these initiatory experiences, which often present to the outside world as an initiatory illness, um, at the core of these experiences are the spirits themselves, right, who are, who are looking for a pure heart in the humans. So they're moving through humans, searching through these initiatory crises um, for a pure heart. And so an example, just to put it in a cultural context, um, the Banja Cree, who is the name of the wild forest spirit, who initiates what are referred to as forest shamans because there are several different types of shamans in Nepal, for example. And um, Banja Cree actually steals the soul of, the ch- of children. And the child is left kind of, um, oh, I can't remember the word, it's, it, it, but it's basically sleepwalking through life. They're barely present. They're they don't do anything. They may shuffle off to school and shuffle home and sleep all day and they, they, they really don't do anything because their, their real active spirit energy is absent. It's off in the mountains in the cave with Banjakree and his lover wife Banjakrini who's really scary learning about shamanic tools, shamanic power objects, shamanic ritual, how to heal with shamanism. So they're they're literally being the spirit of the child is literally being taught how to be a shaman. But within that they're being this isn't like oh, here, we love you, we want you to succeed, like, you know, private school in America. This is life-threatening, that the child's spirit is constantly being challenged and threatened, and that ultimately the spirit is only able to permanently return to the body and function in the world as an initiated shaman if he or she can escape Bonjakri and in particular Bonjakrini. And so they have to learn enough about operating in this invisible world from these two characters to actually escape them. And when the child's spirit finally escapes and is able to return home and enter back into their own body, then the wisdom that they have gained can be brought to bear for the people. And these child spirits can be gone literally for years. And over the years that they're gone, they do sometimes visit their family temporarily. And they may like visit on a birthday and observe themselves having their, you know, their eighth birthday or their ninth birthday. And nobody can see them. And it's very frustrating. And so because it's frustrating to be able to visit and not be seen or heard, they stop doing it until they can finally escape and come back permanently. And so my point in all of this is why do the spirits steal children? Well, if what they're looking for is a pure heart, they're more likely to find one in a child. I mean, the reason we want initiatory experiences to be happening in the earlier years of a person's life is that the initiation itself is more likely to be successful. So my point is one idea 
has been almost completely lost in the contemporary resurgence of shamanism in the Western world, which is the understanding how common it is in traditional shamanic practices to recognize that the shaman is selected for who they are because they have a pure heart, not because they have special shaman skills, that the shamanic skills can be taught. It's not about power. It's actually about the quality of the heart. And the thing about these stories that I noticed in sort of looking back over this and thinking about it is the helping spirits aren't teaching the human how to have a pure heart. The helping spirits are teaching the human shamanic skills, shamanic stuff, shamanic power objects, survival skills. It's about exposing that pure heart and provoking the human into choosing the survival of that pure heart to bring that pure heart's mission basically to bear in the world and not just to give up on the pure heart to get out of the experience um, but also, but to begin to be a real uh, warrior for it a champion for that pure heart and to understand how critical it is for the true um, ancient practice of shamanism and the reason is if we circle all the way around in this logic is because the true power from a shamanic perspective is mediated through the heart so ultimately it is about power even though I know I just said it isn't about power but I mean power in the western sense well, I was recently talking with a colleague and I said you know you have to stop talking to everybody who um, you know, see spirits that they're going to be a shaman. That we're all mystical by nature. We all have helping spirits by nature. That doesn't define us as shamans. And he was saying, "Is yes, but the problem is their status in being able to think you're a shaman, and that's a problem. It distorts our understanding of what it means to be the shaman, but it also distorts our dis- understanding of the true requirements of being a shaman." So today's show is about that pure heart and, and, and the understanding that the spirits can teach you all you need to know about shamanic practice and healing, but they can't purify your heart. Only you can do that. You can have experiences created by your interactions with spirit that may temporarily purify your heart. You know, they do that so that you can know what a pure heart feels like, so you kind of get a sense of what you're going for. But no one and nothing, no one being nothing, can purify your heart for you. That the current state of your heart is created by you, by what you believe, by what you value, by the principles that guide your life, and therefore by the choices that you make and what you then manifest in the world through your thoughts and your words and your actions. So the thing about humans and this, this, this thing about beliefs and values and choices is that we can get really, really dramatic about this. We can get really, really complicated about it. And we can get really, really emotional. We can, we can tie up our ability to clearly discern 
what our beliefs are that are driving us, what our values are that we're acting out of, how our choices created whatever experiences we're having. We create story around that and judgment around that and these expectations of feeling around it so fast that we lose the simplicity of what's really going on in the situation. And when we do that, it becomes very challenging then to stay grounded and centered or get grounded and centered and to perceive things clearly and accurately. So when we lose our groundedness and centeredness, we lose our capacity to perceive clearly and accurately, then we can't possibly make choices that are aligned with our meaning and our purpose in life. Instead, we're making choices based on safety or based on projection or based on our shadow issues or based on something else. And the important thing about the ability to make our choices based on what has meaning and purpose for us is that meaning and purpose align with our heart. Now, what I believe has meaning in life is entirely derived from what is in my heart. Just because people told me at different times in my life that certain things had meaning, that doesn't mean that played out in my life. The only meaning that stuck, you know, that I was taught, that no really stuck with me, was the meaning that also resonated with my heart. And I think that that's true for everybody. If we can uh, clear away the drama, the story, the emotion, all the everything that human beings have a tendency to create around the things that are so critically important and the core of who we are, which is what do we believe has meaning and purpose in the world and this connects to our cosmology why is the world here why are we here why am i as an individual here these are the questions we have to ask to be able to really connect with the things that have purpose and meaning and align with our heart so that we cultivate a healthy heart and a pure heart in that So since we humans can make everything harder than it needs to be, and we do that all the time, I have found working with myself, because I'm certainly not, you know, guilt-free from that. So um, I have found that turning to the elements for myself, for my clients, for my students is really helpful because the elements stay elemental. So they are... And what I mean by this is they are constantly moving in relationship. So they're not stagnant. They are constantly moving in relationship with each other. But that movement is not emotionally driven. So one of the great addictions for the Western world is addiction to intensity. Whether we do that through experiences, through substances, through food, through work, um, all of these things we get addicted to this this really intense expression of, right? And so this is a way that we um, create this movement, this intensity in our life that is very emotional, unnecessarily emotional, versus moving at a level that is more like the elements where it is simply the nature of the elements and their movement and relationship with each other that um, keeps things healthy, keeps things moving. So the other thing about the elements is that 
they are a constant source of balance and nourishment for each other and they do this naturally they don't have to think about it it's not like human beings in relationship constantly evaluating am i getting what i need from this group from this person from this relationship is it time to get a divorce is it time to get married now we're constantly over analyzing and overthinking um, the dynamics of relationship but with the elements their relationship with each other is is natural that the movement is natural and in that movement they are constantly either nourishing each other or balancing you know bringing something out of excess and that they're doing this without drama right without a big story without judgment around it they're not worrying about who's giving what to whom and who's receiving what from whom it's just the nature of how they exist and then the final thing I would say about understanding the elements is that they are, they are in a natural relationship of complementary dualism. They're constantly Taoists, right? That they're in shamanisms, sh- shamanists, whatever. Anyway, but they are in relation, a relationship of complementary dualism with each other. Um, and so they focus us, as we work with the elements, they focus us back to what is real. Because where we are, are uh, investigating the complementary dualism in a situation versus the drama or the story or the judgments or the blah, blah, blah about a situation. But we're really looking at the dynamics of the energy and the dualism that is going on and in that how to restore balance. When we're operating at that level, we're actually operating with the real energies, and when we're not operating at that level, we're not yet at the real energies. And instead, and, and so when we're operating at that level with these real energies, we're free from the other energies that simply bring distortion or distraction. So we're going to talk then about how can we work with the elements to purify our hearts. All right. Now, I don't want to get us confused here, but we, I do want to honor the fact that elementally in Chinese medicine, the heart itself is fire, right? And that what's interesting though, if we look at Chinese medicine, is that the heart is the only yin organ, right? So there's five yin organs and the five systems and the five element system of Chinese medicine, right? So the heart is the only yin organ in Chinese medicine that has two spirits, it has the Ling and the Shen. And we've talked about the Ling and the Shen in other shows, which I could not put my finger on the titles of at the moment. But we have talked about the Ling and the Shen before. The Ling is the, is the inner, private, personal spirit of the heart, connected really to the soul, and definitely connected to what has meaning and purpose for the person in their heart. And the Shen spirit is our external expression of our heart. And so the important thing to understand is the heart as a yin organ is an organ that nourishes us. But the heart is also unique in all of the yin organs in that it has this dual nature, this complementary dualism between the ling and the shen. So the ling spirit then is the spirit that connects us to the oneness, to the big all that it is. You know, it's the one that's relating at a soul level with the greater story going on here. And so it's nourishing us by bringing in these universal forces, this connection of oneness and um, 
bringing that energy in to nourish us. And the Shen spirit is how we, as we've drawn that energy in through the Ling, the Shen spirit is how we send that energy back out. But it's important to understand as a human, that energy goes back out by first going to our mind. Because our mind is where we store these beliefs and values. And so the Shen spirit connects, uh, connects our mind to our heart so that the things that have meaning and purpose can be aligned with our beliefs and values and result in choices, actions, words, deeds that align with our heart. So the Ling and the Shen spirit are constantly working in an exchange with each other, but also in an exchange between the greater energy and the individual. So when our heart then is out of balance or in our lives or the heart is diseased or unhealthy in some way, we experience, kind of no matter what is going on, we experience impatience. We experience arrogance. We experience cruelty either in what we express to others or what we do to ourselves or that we constantly attract experiences that are cruel even though we may not be the target and then we also end up in violence and these are small acts of violence as well as large acts of violence now conversely when our heart is balanced and healthy we feel joy and enthusiasm Kind of no matter what's going on in the day, we potentially feel joy and enthusiasm. We feel creativity and spirit energy, our own spirit, the greater spirit, you know, back to that whole exchange with the Ling and the Shen, with the bigger energies and our personal energies. So in other words, I feel the bigger thing going on here, the spirit of that which is larger than I am, that inspires my creativity for how I'm going to act and be in the world. When the heart is balanced and healthy, we feel also honor and sincerity. And that's an important piece to recognize that the heart is actually out of balance when it's just going for the constant high, the trying to reach the joy and enthusiasm through a constant high state. And that's important to remember that in balance, the heart is capable of joy and enthusiasm, but also honor and sincerity. The other aspect of the heart is about the heart's own radiance and its relationship with the radiant energies and with light. You know, when we talk about the heart fire, that that radiance of the passion that holds the memory of why you're here. These are all aspects of a healthy heart. So... When we work with the elements shamanically, not in Chinese medicine, but shamanically, we would work with them then to help to purify the heart so that it's a healthy heart and so that we can maintain a healthy heart. And so the way I think about this, because I work in a four element system, is I also work with the four chambers of the heart. And this is really at the core of the courageous heart work. Okay. So when we focus on the fire, so let's look at the south chamber and fire. So when we, as an element, right, not necessarily the Chinese interpretation in Chinese medicine, where the heart as a whole by its very nature is about fire. And we have this really important idea about the Ling and the Shen and working with that. 
in if we look at the heart shamanically we're going to look at the four chambers of the heart and the four elements from that perspective okay so we're looking now at fire just as an element in the heart um, in relationship with the other three elements um, earth air and water okay so when we look at fire as a transformational tool in the heart we are working with fire as the healer who's showing us how to engage in the art of release and sacrifice right so if i'm in a situation and the only way i can see to deal with the situation is cruelty then the reason i can't see any other path out of that is because i'm not seeing where a sacrifice needs to be made where there's an energy that i need to release um, and so the art you know, fire is really, as a healer, is the art of release and sacrifice so that we can free our hearts from the, the state they have been in to um, more clearly and simply love what truly matters, what truly matters to us. And we can free our lives from patterns of thinking and speaking and acting that drain our heart of its natural fullness and life. So we go to the fire to free the heart to be full again, you know, full as in full of Ling and Shen, full of love, full of our knowing of why we're here, whatever it, it is that we, we go to the fire in essence to make room, to free up the heart to be full. And um, we go to the fire to pull our energy and our life out of the elaborate and marvelous addictions that we can create. And so the fire is a place then to release or sacrifice ways that we have bound our energy up in patterns or addictions that no longer serve what has meaning and purpose to us. And so we're going to the fire then, meaning we're choosing fire as the element to help us to heal so that we can live again in ways that align with our true values and nourish our heart. We live in ways that can fill our heart so that we are able to access the power of love in our life. If our heart is not full, it's very hard to access that power. And we start making choices based on the need to find that love in others. When in truth, to be in love is really speaking about the state of being in your own heart. For you. And life. It's not about another person. It's not about seeking love in another person to fill you. It's about living in a way that your heart is filled with your love. Okay. So we have our elaborate and marvelous addictions, and that are ways that we regularly and daily violate ourselves. And so, what I'm, and you know, we live in, the, in America at least. We make friends with our addictions and, and, and some people are actually really proud of their addictions. And the important thing to recognize is it doesn't really matter what the addiction is or how benign it appears to be. It is a way that we violate ourselves. It's a small daily violation and for some addictions, a very large daily violation. And when we engage in our addictions, we are very um, habitually doing something um, – sorry – we are habitually not doing like so if I engage in an addiction I'm doing that to avoid doing the thing my heart really wants to do 
And I'm doing that only because when I first connected with that thing my heart wanted to do when I was young, in my formative years, I got stopped for some reason from doing it. And so I learned to avoid the thing that my heart loves and what has real meaning and purpose and instead do the addiction. And it's a little bit convoluted, but that is what addiction is about in our lives. It's a way we are not doing something that is very important to our heart. And the bigger the addiction, the more important the thing we're not doing. So when we think about it that way, you can really see that the person that stopped us, person or people that stopped us from the thing we loved in the first place did us an act of violence then. It may not have been physically violent, but energetically they stopped us from a path towards our destiny. That's a big deal. And so now by continuing in the addiction, we're the ones perpetrating the violence against ourselves. And what's interesting about this is that, you know, fire in its excessive states is always violent. You know, forest fires, raging forest fires, the exploding volcano. There is a, there is a really profound relationship between violence and fire. But fire um contained in such a way and I don't mean contained as in imprisoned I mean shaped in such a way that it is directed towards what we want to do so in other words fire in service of something can bring great joy and enthusiasm you know people have gathered around fire for forever I mean imagine uh, the feeling of being lost and cold and confused and seeing the light of a fire and being drawn towards it. People gather around fires and sing and cook and share. So, shamanically, you know, how would we work with the element to help to purify our heart? Well, shamanically, obviously, fire ritual. And um, we actually did four shows around a fire ritual at this past winter solstice. So there are certainly fire rituals. Spiritually speaking, we could work with the fire to help clarify our, purify our heart by really looking in our life from, from, from the perspective of our soul. What needs to go? What needs to die? What do I need to draw my energy out of? What do I need to draw my belief out of to let it go? And what needs to be reborn? And, and, in, and the important thing about that, so for example, let's say you're obsessing about a past relationship. You know the relationship wasn't really good for you. You're actually, on your good days, glad you're out of it. But on your bad days, you're still obsessing about it. And, you still, and, and the fact that the relationship is over triggers all these different thought patterns and emotional patterns you go through that are really unhealthy for you. So what happens is people get into this a secondary addiction which is getting addicted to trying to get out of that relationship versus going to their spirit working with the fire to think about what needs to die and what needs to be reborn so that my spark of life is healthy because usually we leave relationships because our spark of life is not healthy in the relationship and then we're out of relationship and our spark of life still isn't healthy. So the thing is to work with the fire to really bring your spark of life up so that it 
begins to be a little guiding beacon for you again. Now physically, working with the fire to purify your heart is to do physical activities that strengthen your heart. So doing something that makes you sweat is really important for the heart. And people overlook this all the time. I see all of these people that don't sweat. They don't do anything regularly that makes them sweat, that are really big-hearted people, but they can't understand why they can't create a life of love and nourishment. Well, one of the main reasons is this, is they're not working with the fire to purify that chamber of the heart so their heart can be filled with love. It's really important for us to move our blood. And it's really important for us to move our blood. Now, given your age and your health, you have to think about that. But it is really important for our health and the health of our heart to move our blood and to sweat, to detox through sweating. So emotionally, working with the fire is about your passion. It's about finding absent or hijacked or missing passion. Um, it's about all of the many journeys that you could go on in, in search of your passion and understanding if you can't feel it, why? What's going on there? So these are ways then of, of thinking about a solution to your challenge through working with fire, whether shamanically or physically or whatever. So if we move along then, another expression of a damaged or unhealthy or impure heart, and that's not, I'm not saying morality wise, I'm just saying literally impure, is cruelty. You know, children are cruel. They do that because they don't know any better. And part of the reason for the experiences of a cruelty in early childhood is so a child can realize how terrible that feels to be cruel and choose not to do it. Now, adults who continue to choose cruelty are either deeply damaged or deeply childish. There is actually no reason for a healthy adult to choose cruelty ever there is always another way cruel and I mean true cruelty I don't just mean having healthy boundaries and saying no to people and pissing them off that's not cruelty I'm talking about choosing to be cruel and we all know the difference so don't quibble about this so cruelty blocks the natural creativity and spirit of the heart so the natural creativity of the heart can be expressed in infinite ways And actually, some people are pretty creative in their cruelty, I have to admit. But the natural spirit of the heart, so cruelty is contrary to the spirit of the heart, which is wild and restless, but not cruel. It's that whole quality that you have to understand, that we have to remember about nature. When someone behaves, when a human behaves badly, we say they're being a beast. But the truth of the matter is, animals don't kill for cruel reasons. They kill only for life-sustaining reasons. They don't kill in excess. You know, so we're the ones who do that. We are the ones who do cruelty. And, and the point is, if we connect with the true spirit of the heart, we are more like the natural world, the animal kingdom, that our heart in its healthy natural adult state is wild and restless and wants to express its unique genius. 
It doesn't want to do the repetitious, boring, stupid things that are part of contemporary life. It wants to do why it's here. And so when cruelty is creeping into our choices, either cruelty towards ourself or cruelty towards others. And it's really important to think about this because many people have strong addictive patterns that are self-inflicted cruelty, be it spiritual or psychological, emotional or physical. Right? So when we find cruelty is creeping into our choices, we can call on water as the healer because it's the great shapeshifter and it can become whatever it needs to be to perfectly counter and balance whatever it is that is at the root of the cruelty. And so water then is the element we would go to to help us to purify a cruel heart. So when we focus on water for transformation, we're working with the water as a warrior who is willing to change form, to do whatever it takes to create the freedom necessary for flow and the freedom freedom necessary for transformation and for transforming the enemy or that, that cruelty or the reason we're being cruel into its true nature, either something that needs to be set free or something that needs to be allowed to be what it really is if it's not forced into cruelty. So the water is about creating space, the space of an open heart in our life so that we can properly learn from life as a teacher and gain wisdom from our experience of life. And it is also about the courage to cultivate the wisdom of the heart and use it. See, the thing about a wise heart is it doesn't need to choose cruelty, but it also won't create choose cruelty because cruelty creates karma and a wise heart is too smart to do that so obviously shamanically we can work with the water in water rituals and there are many kinds of water rituals water rituals in which you submerge yourself water rituals in which you are um, sort of brushed with the water and cleansed with the water there are water rituals where the medicine is sung into the water and the water is and you drink the water so there are many many ways to work with water in a water ritual spiritually speaking water is about shape-shifting it's about the willingness to become whatever you need to become to honestly express the spirit of your heart physically water is about two things it can be about being around water the choice of your next vacation, the choice to take a bath instead of a shower, the way you consciously take a shower and make it be a connection or a, or a ceremony with the water. But it's also about drinking water, not liquids, but water, drinking pure, clean water and drinking enough of it every day for the health of your body. And emotionally, working with water is about courage. It's about finding the courage to not need to be cruel to yourself or to others and the courage to learn from life to have a wise heart and to live from that collected wisdom so that's the water idea so if we move on to the earth the earth energy renews and restores and revitalizes it is foundational it has to do with knowing where we stand and being able to stand there. And, and the most fundamental thing about being able to stand where our heart wants us to stand, where a pure heart wants to stand, is that we are centered and grounded. So these are all earth element energies. 
Um, and this energy ultimately then is the energy that rises up and is the source of abundance in our life and on the earth. And so when the heart is unhealthy or damaged, its foundational role of supporting our excellence in the world slips into arrogance to overcompensate. And so arrogance then overrides the heart and its own need for honor and sincerity in all things. So when arrogance is arising in your life from your choices, you likely won't notice. That's one of the great challenges of arrogance is arrogance is too arrogant to notice that it's being arrogant. But others will notice and you'll start getting feedback. That doesn't necessarily mean that all the feedback is correct. But if you're suddenly starting to get feedback from life that you're being arrogant, particularly if it's coming from people that normally love and respect you, you should stop and listen because arrogance is blind to itself. But to transform arrogance, to purify an arrogant heart, we could turn to the earth element. So in a transformational process, earth is a teacher showing us how to engage the power of the heart through our strength and in particular through a strength of heart and thus to make things manifest in ways that are both honorable and sincere. So so I think often about people who move through divorces. There's a couple, there are many ways to move through divorces, but there's always the kind of person who does things that frustrate his or her friends because the person is trying to move through the divorce in a way that is honorable and sincere because they are the person that is going to have to live with the outcome of those decisions. So that's what I mean by doing, moving through something in a way that is honorable and sincere, not necessarily the most lucrative. And so this begs the question then of what is strength of heart? Because people question, is the person just caving in? You know, what, what is strength of heart? And everybody has to determine that for themselves. But the important thing is um, that having strength of heart and what we do with it, it's kind of a chicken the egg. Often we have to do what feels right and true for us to build a strength of heart, which then gives us greater courage to do what feels right and true for us. And so um, the doing and the heart uh, are in relationship together very much when we're talking about um, – honor and sincerity and things that have to do with the element, the earth, that things that can be healed by the earth element. So the earth then is the teacher that is showing us how to engage the power of the heart through our strength of heart and thus to make things manifest in our life in a way that is honorable and sincere. So the qualities that we gain from working with the earth element strengthen our heart and our strong heart then supports us in cultivating the qualities that are actually associated with earth like trustworthiness and dependability. And these are qualities that make the heart happy. They're the qualities of sovereignty and dominion, a sense of belonging, and a sense of connection. And so shamanically speaking, we're talking about earth rituals and earth rituals don't necessarily mean you dig a big hole and bury yourself that's a particular kind of earth rituals but there are many many kinds of earth rituals that simply have to do with working with element with the element of the earth being out on the land um actually a vision quest is both um 
it's a it's a vision ceremony right but it's but it needs to be out in the wilderness out on the land so it's also an earth ritual so spiritually working with the earth has to do with the things that make our sense of our spirit honorable trustworthy dependable so that we feel good essentially in our heart about being guided by our spirit right so now physically earth at the earth element has to do with your body the body is an on-demand system if you don't use it you lose it and so earth element physically and things to do to help to heal the heart have to do with your physical activity that you are doing purely for the body and for the heart not for ulterior motives like mowing the, the lawn okay and emotionally the earth element is about having the courage to make the choices in life to say yes and no to have boundaries to stand in your sovereignty to lead where you are asked to lead to teach where you have things to teach but to allow that honor and sincerity that is cultivating through the strength of your heart to emerge in the world in your own excellence when we don't choose to act when we don't choose to step into leadership when when it's our turn to lead when we don't choose to teach when we have what needs to be taught our heart um it's the equivalent of being flaccid our heart needs to be expressed through these moments in life and so that's part of the value of a strong heart then and so working with the earth element to express yourself in a way that is honorable and sincere and and ultimately allows the expression of your excellence is part of how we purify that chamber of the heart so and finally our actions show us stories about the reality we are actually running around in our mind right so the story is in our mind and it's shaping how we act in the world and it requires a healthy relationship with air and the qualities that we cultivate in a relationship with air to be able to be honest and see clearly about what's running around in our mind because ideally we want to get back to that place where the shen spirit has received reality from the ling which is connected to the greater oneness and is sending that connection up into the mind and that connection between the heart and the mind and the shen is shaping our actions in the world versus our actions in the world being shaped by crazy stories running around in our mind that aren't connected to anything other than the next thing we saw on tv right so when your heart is damaged or unhealthy we are constantly impatient with our ability to do what we've come here to do we have great plans and we never act on them we have many visions of what we could do but we don't follow through we or we simply doubt everything and do nothing so this is very impatient behavior and that impatience tends to drive us into greater doubt or where our whole vision collapses or it drives us into greater aggression and greater ambition you know to try to so we have even bigger visions and we work even hard you know this 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 um excessive place that's no longer grounded either okay so what our heart is um needs 
is reconnection with the radiant energies, the light, to renew itself and its own inner radiance and light. And so when I think of air rituals, so we think of a shamanic air ritual, I think, I mean, I live out here in Oregon, in the Pacific Northwest of North America, and it has big mountains. And I think of going up on the mountain alone on a clear day and just seeing as far as I can see and breathing and working with the element of the air to say the things that need to be said so that I can let them go and open up to what the heart is really wanting to say to me so that I can realign the Ling and the Shen and the Shen can then better guide my mind so my mind can better guide my choices and my actions so spiritually the air energy is about our vision and how our vision drives us in how our vision guides us in life and so one of the aspects of working with the air spiritually is making sure that the visions that you have to guide you in life are aligned with the purity of your heart. Physically, working with the air is about looking at the places in your life where you allow suffocation, either literally suffocation um, physically, but also about this feeling of suffocation in all facets of your life. And emotionally, the energy here is about are you in relationship with the things that clarify your heart which then help you to purify your heart or are you constantly involved in relationship with things that um, pollute the heart basically and your sense of your ability to live your visions so these are the, some of the ways that we could pull on the elemental energies into ritual or into a personal process or into simply how we choose to spend our time in the day to help to purify our heart. And the main thing here is to understand for all of the power that we access through shamanism and our shamanic teachers is not their job to purify our heart. It is ours. Only we can purify our heart. And it is a purified heart that will help you in creating a life of meaning and purpose. So we give thanks to the ancestral helping spirits and all the spirits of nature that help us in this way. We give gratitude to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. Have a great week, everyone.